Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, mantenganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, as I like to do from time to time, uh, I like to talk about the monorails. And today I have a guest to talk about monorails, and this is one of those cool topics that I hope you enjoy. Um, my guest today is Kim Peterson. He's the uh, founder and president of the Monorail Society. Kim, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. Thanks, Dave. Awesome. So, uh, you know, I found out about your site, you know, some number of years ago. I was really interested in the sort of the history of monorails. I'm a big fan of the Walt Disney World monorails, of course. Um, but, you know, it's bigger than that. I, you know, I was kind of fascinated when I started looking through your site that monorails are so much more. So I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit about and start with the history of how you got interested in monorails yourself. Well, it's uh, sort of a similar path as yours. You, you got interested in monorails as a result of Disney World. Uh, I'm uh, probably older than you. I, I'm old enough to say I used to watch Walt Disney on Sunday night, uh, and he would come on and tell us about the latest thing in Disneyland. He was the one that got me interested in uh, monorails way back, probably 59, when he opened up the first one. Um, I got interested in the trains right away, and they made all kinds of sense to me. Um, I couldn't figure out how they, those big trains would stick to that tiny little bean, but that, that was part of the, the mystery that got me going. That's cool. So uh, you started the Monorail Society to, uh, to talk about the trains and some of their history and so forth. Um, tell us a little bit about the site. Sure. Well, actually, you know, I was interested in all kinds of transit for a long time, but it wasn't until uh, 88 that I was talking to a fellow Disney fan, as a matter of fact, about the L.A. subway. They were just getting started with the system there, and he mentioned how many billions the thing was costing for just a couple of miles, and he said, for all that money they're spending, they could have monorail over the entire Los Angeles Valley. And that got me to thinking. I, I remembered monorails, and I went, whatever happened to monorails? And that that got the wheels turning, and I decided to uh, spend some time researching them. And uh, I did that in 1988, and lo and behold, I found out that there are monorails being built. They're just not being built in the United States. And uh, I thought, well, maybe there should be a group that uh, of like-minded people that uh, like monorails. And uh, my goal was to get uh, 30 people together. And I made a little ad in a rail magazine, and I got my 30. And as soon as I got a website going, uh, things really took off. We're up to over 7,000 members now. That's pretty remarkable. Um, and the, the site is monorails.org. For anyone who's looking for the site, I'll put a link in my show notes page as well. Um, and, uh, you know, while we're on the topic for a moment here, you, you've got a book that you put out, Monorails, Trains of the Future, Now Arriving. Uh, it looks really cool. Um, it just went into, went into print, if I understand correctly. Oh, that, that is my baby, right? That is uh, my pride and joy. Uh, thanks for mentioning it. Yeah, the Monorails book is something I've been working on for, <laughs> I can't believe it, two decades. Wow. Um, I got the idea way back when that we really should have some kind of book. Uh, the last one to come out was in 1965, and but I wanted something really 
kind of encyclopedic like you know it's got all the disney monorails and all the monorails in japan and around the world and the ones being built and of course uh, there's a lot of amazing history on monorails as well i've got some amazing old pictures of monorails going back to uh, the 1800s if you can believe it that's amazing and i noticed on the uh, cover there it's monorail lime on the on the cover which is very cool uh, yeah, Monorail Line was kind enough to stop right outside the poly so I could run around and get all the best shots. And <laughs> that's pretty awesome. <laughs> the one that got elected. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. Now, that's neat because, you know, monorails from, from throughout history. So monorails um, are in, an interesting thing because, you know, they're really fascinating. They're very environmentally friendly. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're very efficient. They can move a lot of passengers. We were talking for a couple of minutes about how many passengers the Walt Disney World monorail moves and it's it's just incredible that they haven't caught on in this country, um, but they have caught on in the rest of the world. Yes, they have. Um, they're they're working very well at Disney. I mean, the Disney World, as you probably know, carries uh, somewhere around one hundred fifty thousand people a day, many times uh, more. Um, and something about monorail that a lot of the other uh, transit forms can't do is they have they run at a ninety nine point nine percent reliability, which means those trains can all be out on the track running, and you can trust them to get to the station on time. Now, of course, there's that tiny point one wherever <laughs> there's occasions and the trains don't show up, but they're doing a lot better than other transit systems. And uh, um, sadly, we just haven't caught on here in the United States, but uh, there's a lot of new ones being built around the world. That's, that's amazing, yeah. Because you think about you know you think about all the things that are happening. I'm glad to see that Seattle still has the monorail that uh, that's still running, the, one of the original monorails uh, in this country. Um, and yeah, that, it just went through an amazing rehabilitation a few years back. That thing is in wonderful shape, uh, and it is uh, it is the last uh, monorail train in the world. It was actually built by the original Alweg Company, and. Uh, for you monorail historians, you probably remember the name Al Wegg. That's the company that uh, Walt discovered while in Germany um, that built this unusual new type of monorail, and uh, he, he fell in love with it right away. That's very cool, and it's, it is a really neat ride. I, I got a chance to ride it when I was out there, and I was like, I have to ride on the, on the monorail while I'm here. There's no other choice. And it was just a really amazing experience because it's, that's the closest connection you can have to what was originally in Walt's head, you know, what he was thinking when he was doing it. And uh, it's a, it's, an, it's a remarkable thing. but um, yeah, Exactly, and that Seattle monorail is the type of monorail that Los Angeles, Los Angeles got very close to getting in the, in the 60s. Um, the Al Wake Company went to them and, and offered a, a monorail system across the whole city. All they had to do was just provide streets, and the, and the city said, nah, no thanks. So, Amazing. <laughs> Just crazy. <laughs> it, is, it is crazy when you think about it. You know, you look at the congestion that Los Angeles has now, and you go, wow, that would have been a boon, probably. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's just an amazing thing that, uh, that, that cities and, you know, do that and communities do that, and they don't, they don't think ahead. So the history of the monorail is kind of interesting as far as uh, Walt Disney goes. Uh, you know, it, it became something interesting. He, he really created something. As you said, it was, you know, thought more of as an amusement park thing and less, of a, less as a mode of transportation. But it's his impetus in, in getting it. He had a he had a grander plan than that. Um, yeah, Absolutely. I... Well, his Tomorrowland was uh, really a forecast of the future, and he was always trying to think of things that will make life better for all of us. And uh, and uh, we've seen that in Tomorrowland, and of course in uh, uh, Epcot, which came after him, but had a lot of his philosophies involved. Uh, 
monorail was not put in just to be a ride. Uh, he was trying to show all sorts of folks uh, how we could make uh, trains real quick, get them up in the air and above traffic, and uh, they would operate cheap, cheaper. And uh, he was green before there was a green. Pretty, pretty remarkable. So you know, he had this. He had the idea. He had. He wanted to get it going. He had uh, talked to the Alweg company about doing, uh, creating the monorails, and uh, Alweg uh, was a little slow on the uh, on the uptake or uh, the the development uh, along the way, and so he changed his. Uh, he, ch- he sort of changed direction a little bit, and that's where he turned to uh, the uh, infamous, I would say, Bob Gurr to uh, to help him uh, design something different. Right. Well. Uh... Disneyland uh, had the unique challenges in it. It had a small area, and Walt, being the pioneer, uh, wanted something really spectacular, and he wanted wanted the thing to twist around like uh, like a bowl of spaghetti. Um, so he had to make it a smaller scale, uh, on par with the rest of the park having a lot of smaller scale stuff. But to do that, they had to uh, change the design of Al Wake's train. So Bob Gert got very much involved in doing that, and he also came up with that iconic Buck Rogers look that we all love. You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and later on, the uh, the Learjet look that you see on the cover of my book, uh, that's the, the monorail line. That we, he basically was inspired by the Learjet, from what I understand on that. But, uh, yeah, he had to uh, scale down the system and... Uh, Disney sort of went on their own, uh, much to the, um, much to um, Al Wegg's uh, concern. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine that Al Wegg wasn't really um, happy with that along the way. Um, I'm, I'm sure that they, you know they wanted something grander too, but uh, you know that's that's I guess that's history as that goes. Uh, right. They were. It's a, it's a Bob Gert tells a funny story about how they. They couldn't believe that, you know, they barely got the thing running, and then they put the vice president on it for a grand opening. <laughs> so just, they just wouldn't do it that way. They'd rather test the thing for a half year and then get it going. Yeah, I could understand that. That's that's companies for you, and, you know, testing their technology. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing. You know, he got it up there, and he got it running, and it, it, it ran well, um, and it, it looked cool and, you know, continues to look cool. It has that sort of style to it that just that just blows you away. Um, there's nothing like it. I mean, even even the other monorails around the world, they don't quite have that same, I don't know, style, that same panache. Yeah, they don't have the pizzazz of the Disney monorails, that's for sure. Um, and but to, you know, to Disney's credit, they had they did have some problems with the initial design, and uh, they went through several Mark series, and it kept improving them mm-hmm. to make them operate better. And of course, they scaled them up for Disney World and got a little better at that. Right. And, and it, you know, that the technology's improved and the uh, the systems have improved, the safety has improved, everything, you know, kind of every time they come up with something that uh, that just moves it a, ste- a step along a little bit further. Um, you know, you, you look at even the controls and the things that they do now, you know, they're trying to get to a point where they've got, you know, more of an automated system. They don't, you know, they don't necessarily need a pilot or they don't want to have a pilot at some point. And it's, that's kind of a cool idea. Um, kind of takes it to sure. that next level. Certainly, it's a safe thing. I've been on numerous uh, totally automated monorails. The most recent one, which my, my wife Carol and I went to Korea last year for the very uh, the brand new Daegu uh, monorail in South Korea, and it's totally automated. It's just amazing how accurate that thing can stop in the station and the mm-hmm. doors open up and it's on time. It's just amazing. That is amazing. You know, you think about that and you go, "Wow!" If, you know, if, if Disney could do that too, that would really you know move the needle for them too. 
Well, they're in. It's in the works. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm sure we'll see it before too long. Absolutely. You know, you look at you know you look at the safety procedures they have in place now with you know the pilot having to make sure that everything's clear. But if you don't have to have that, you know, and you have the system kind of managing itself, you could really do a lot of things with it. It's it's a really remarkable idea. Um, yeah. Uh, last when I was uh, last in uh, Disney World, they were showing me the the automation systems that they were installing and testing at the time. So cool. Yep. Yeah, I look forward to, to seeing that. I know they've been they've been doing some some little tweaks and little things with uh, you know trying to get the timing right and making sure that the monorails come on regular cycles and syncing it up with the magic bands so that you know when the monorail is coming, you know what the next one's going to be, and you know that sort of a thing. So it's it's evolving the 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 thought a little bit. It's getting closer. It's really cool. Very cool indeed. So um, Disney, obviously, you know, for years they, they built the original uh, monorail line at uh, Walt Disney World that you know that does that runs around between the Transportation and Ticket Center and the Magic Kingdom in two directions, and then in 1981, before Epcot opened, they they built the Epcot line to to build that out there, and then after that they just stopped and never built anything else again. Um, yeah, much to the frustration of those of us that like to go to uh, Disney World on occasion, right? Right. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice to kind of cruise on down to the studios and on to the Animal Kingdom? Yes. Um, you know, funny enough, uh, I have from reliable sources, well, I think they're reliable resources, uh, sources, that they actually were going to expand the monorail at one time, um, at least as far as the, the studio theme park. Um, that some came, something came along called 9-11, yeah. and uh, tourism just died at the um, Disney World, and then it got put on the back burner, and uh, unfortunately it's been on that back burner all those years. So I still have high hopes that someday they uh, they decide to expand that monorail system further south. Yeah, me too. It's, it's funny, because I, I know I saw a model, and I've seen pictures of the model since then, of the monorail heading out toward the uh, what's now, I guess it's called Disney Springs, but uh, when it was a right. uh, Disney Village Marketplace, there was a model that had the monorail heading there, and I was like, huh, interesting, yeah. they never built it. And there are maps uh, that you can find that show the system, uh, late, the later idea of going down to the Disney Studio. So I've got my own fantasy uh, extension of the Epcot loop to pick up all that, <laughs> um, and uh, one of these days I'm probably propose it, you know, <laughs> do something with that. Yeah, it, it, I'm sure they have ideas, but uh, you know, it's the it's the all the big dollars it costs to put it in. That's it's probably keeping away. That's probably true. You know, it's it's funny because they keep buying up municipal buses from other cities and putting them in, and you know, they're obviously well worn buses at that point, and you know, yeah. they're they're diesel mostly, and you know, they're they're costly to maintain, and they've got their own issues. So I, you know, you have to wonder where does where's the break even point? I guess they can figure that out, but. You had to pay for the drivers too. Uh, one thing about the bus is it has a flexibility; they can change the routes and right. that kind of thing. But well, when you have main lines that you know people are going to be going on all the time, for instance, the the system that's there now, it's being used right. quite heavily. It would be used heavily if it went to the other theme parks too. I'm sure of that. Hmm. I'm, uh, I, I'm quite sure you're right, actually. Well, we just have to keep our fingers crossed. I, I know there's a lot of folks within Disney that wish they'd do it. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It's funny because uh, they made a they made an announcement uh, sometime last year that they were closing the Richard Petty Driving Experience, and yeah. uh, they were going to use that land. And they said first they were going to make it more parking. Then they said, oh, we're going to use it as a bus depot. And I kept thinking in the back of my mind, oh, come on, monorail station, monorail station, come on, you know. <laughs> Yeah, the thing about buses, you have to pay a lot of drivers for that too. You know, and if you, yeah. you have an automated system, well, plus a bus doesn't carry as much as a monorail train. 
No, that's true. Yeah, you can you can put a large number of passengers on a monorail train. And they can I, come out of come out of Epcot and then go past the Swan and Dolphin, have a station at all those uh, Epcot hotels there. Mm-hmm. Serve a lot of people and just swing on down to the studio, which is going to have a lot of traffic when they get Star Tours land open. No, oh, for sure. Just zip uh, another. It's just a couple miles that they need to. Uh, Double track, maybe down there to uh, Animal Kingdom, maybe onto the lodge. That would be great. That would be great, and then they could probably hit, uh, you know, hit one line that goes over toward uh, where so- a couple of the a couple of the other resorts are, because they're all in a in a small proximity to each other. So you can okay, hit a couple of those in one place. Into it. Yeah. See, there you go. It was easy. Talk no into it. Now we need to is get them to fund it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have it figured out, don't we? Yeah, yeah we've got. <laughs> I've got the plan all laid out. It's perfect. <laughs> Hey, if you want to talk to me, guys, you know, give me a call. I'm, I'm happy to help. I'll get Kim on the phone. We'll all figure it out. It's good. You know. I've got the map already on uh, Google Earth. Just go take a look. It's all figured out. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. So you uh, you said you've been over, you know, you've been to several other monorails around the world. Um, tell me about some of the fun ones you've you've uh, you've taken, some of the ones you really like. There's a lot of fun ones. Um, I guess my first major trip was uh, to Japan in 1990. Uh, Japan is... At the time was monorail land. They had they have them all over the place. There's uh, something like seven or eight major systems there now, and uh, they have uh, some unique ones where they're actually suspended from the track. So um, surprisingly, uh, it, it's kind of like a Peter Pan ride, you know, except you're at high speed. Very cool. Um, and speaking of Peter Pan, did you know that's the first monorail ever built by Disney? That's a great point, yeah, because it's hanging from a single track, isn't it? That's that's one of my favorite uh, trivia remarks. Uh, when when did the first Disney monorail open? Nineteen fifty-five. There you go. It was with Peter Pan. Yeah, you look if you go and you see the model for Peter Pan, you can clearly yeah. see it's a monorail if you if you want to see it. Absolutely, is a suspended monorail, right? So but where that... was I? <laughs> oh, talking about Japan. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I've been on uh, a lot of ones in Japan. I've been on uh, the monorail in uh, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, which was interestingly reverse engineered from the uh, blueprints of the Seattle monorail. And the Seattle monorail was an extension of what you see in Disneyland. So the the Disney inspiration continues to spread throughout the world. In fact, just a week or so ago, I found out and reported on the website that Panama City We'll be getting um, an Alweg monorail system that's actually going to cross the Panama Canal. That's going to be way cool. Oh, that's cool. That's that's really cool, actually. Yeah. And and it's going to be the first uh, system built by the Japanese company Hitachi in the Americas. So, um, for us monorail geeks, we're very excited about that. They almost built one in Seattle, but uh, politics got in the way. That's that's sad that politics has to get in the way of yeah. fun stuff like that. You know. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, as a matter of fact, I have a chapter. It's, it's Strangely, it's one of my favorite chapters in my book. It's called Could Have, Should Have. And it's like over 100 years of monorails that almost got built. <laughs> you just won't believe some of the systems that got close to being built. Huh. That's really neat. Yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that's really interesting the way those things go. You know, sometimes things work out and sometimes it just doesn't, just doesn't happen. And it's, you know, the politics of it and, you know, different people in charge and whatever. Those, I guess that's yeah. the nature of it. And politics of building things is for for just anything, not just monorails. Oh, certainly, yeah. We've seemed to have uh, an un- unusual amount of bad luck in the United States when it comes to monorail. <laughs> 
that's that's really too bad. It's it's uh, kind of sad that that happens that way because it'd be really neat if we could if we get a few more around. Yeah, I'd love well, that. We can still go down to Disney. Uh, in my case, I go to Anaheim more often. And you can go to uh, Orlando and we'll get our fix, right? Exactly. So that's the thing. And I, I love, you know, sometimes it's just the simplicity of just going out and taking the ride, right? You yeah. just you forget about the theme parks. You forget about anything else. You just hop on and you take the ride around. And you, you just enjoy it for what it's worth. Well, you bring up a good point. That's another thing that's kind of against monorail is they're fun to ride. Yes. So they're, taken, they're not taken as seriously. You know, they're above traffic. They don't mix with uh, with street traffic and pedestrians, and you're cruising along. It's kind of like uh, low-level flying. So, uh, you know, it's not unusual to see kids with their face up against the window and watching everything. Yeah, you know? exactly. I think I'm a, I'm a big kid doing that, I, actually. I was yeah. just going to say the same thing. I'm a, I've got my face up against the window, too. <laughs> and it... And I used to um, before the uh, before the accident, I was always the always the one going, "Hey, can I ride up front?" Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> because back in the day, they let you ride yeah. up there with the uh, with the pilot. You, you still can at Disneyland, but you can't That's at Disney World anymore. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, that's a pity. That was a, that's a neat treat. Yes, it is. It was it was really neat. I, I um, caught a lot of video up there, so it's on my uh, YouTube page. I'll put a link to it out there again because it's really kind of cool. It's one of those things where you go, yeah, it's just neat to be able to watch it again and see the see that the, uh, the, what it looked like from the front, see the pilot's oh, point I gotta of view. I've got to invite you to my uh, YouTube channel. I've got some really cool front of the monorail rides of uh, what they look like going through cities. So. Oh, cool. Got to check that out. Look. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely, gotta gotta check that out, and I'll put a I'll put a link to that in my show notes page too, man. My show notes page is gonna be really long, but with cool stuff, so it's gonna be great. Um, yeah, I always like to put you know information out there for uh, anybody that wants to follow along a little more. Um, so I, I love the, you know I love the whole thing, you know, and one of the things that I uh, that that was really interesting to me is I, I love the fact that you got a concrete beam that it's running on, especially at like Disney World and some of the other places, and yet they can they can switch it. <laughs> they can move the concrete beam from one place to another and actually move the uh, move the trains from different lines. And that just, it's one of those things that, you know, as an engineer, you look at and you go, that's just fascinating that they can uh, move concrete like that and, uh, and actually uh, change, change directions and whatnot. Well, uh, the, the newer technology ones are actually made out of steel. Some of them actually bend. Um, Amazing. But uh, most of them are segmented and kind of, you know, move over to, to the other track. And uh, the Disney doesn't make use of those so much because they um, they have loop systems or loop lines. But when you get on the transit monorails, you know, you're riding a line from one end to the other and then you have to change directions. So then that's where you get your switches. So you can move over to the other side and come back the other way. That's cool. Yeah, it just, you know, it's one of those things that just it just intrigues me because it allows for a little more flexibility in the lines. And, of course, you can move trains on and off as you need to, too, and meet capacity and demands. And, um, right change things around a little bit, which is, which is always kind of cool. You made me think of one thing, talking about the beam, too. I mean, look how small those beams are and, and how many people they can carry. The beauty of uh, building a monorail is you really don't need that much material as you do for other uh, rail systems. It's, uh, and, and you can build a track miles from uh, where it's going to go and then truck it in and lift it up in the middle of the night and you don't uh, disrupt the area as much. That's Disney pretty, World yeah. was crazy in the first monorail they built. They actually built the tr- the beams in Washington and uh, shipped them across the country on uh, rail. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was just wild. They they decided to do their own beams for the Epcot line, and uh, they're a little bumpier than the ones built in Washington. Let me say that. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with you there. But it's interesting. You can still see the vestiges of the uh, the concrete facility where they built the beams. It's kind of neat. If you look at Google Earth, you can still see them on there, where the building was. 
Um, oh, we can here. We're going to start talking about uh, opening that yard up again, huh? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. See, it's still there. I mean, it needs, probably needs a little <laughs> work, good, but yeah. <laughs> we can just open it back up. See, I'm telling you, we've got this all figured out. It's all good. Just it's, on the, uh, ticket sales of Star Wars alone, you know, we could build one heck of a system. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what it all comes down to. It's just about you know building the system. It's no big deal. <laughs> Uh, very cool, but it's a it's a really interesting thing. I mean, I'm, I'm always I'm one of those people who always likes to talk about the monorail. I have no issues, you know. I can just jump into a conversation about the monorail. I'll overhear somebody just having a conversation about it, and I'll just jump in. Hey, you're talking about the monorail. Well, I tell you what, Dave, you know where I am now. Yeah, exactly. Now, now I know who to talk to. You found me. Uh oh, look out! I'm a geek that's uh, probably worse off than you as far as monorails. <laughs> it's just it's just one of those really neat things. I mean. That's one of the things that really drew me to Disney in the first place. I mean, there's a certain magic that goes along with all of it, a certain, you know, sense of wonder. But it's 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 that forward thinking in the in the cool designs and something that's different that you don't see every day that is, you know, bigger and better than what you see in in real life, I'll say. Um, yeah, overall, uh, Disney is showing the world how to be uh, be a better world, you know. Mm-hmm. They it's showing how to be clean, it's showing future technology. Uh, well, the cast members are showing how to be nice. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if we were all uh, a little friendlier to each other, like like we are when we go to Disney? Yeah. What, what was that word, nice? I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> no, that's very cool. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's you know, it's like it is sort of that in in some strange, abstract way. It's sort of that prototype community that you know Walt had in mind. Yeah, um, sure is. You know, sure. you, it's it's something that you don't see every day. I mean, he had always, from what I gather, because I never met the man, obviously, but from what I gather, he always wanted to have something that was just different that you couldn't see every day. Um, you know, something that was really unique. And so he's really he's accomplished that to a large degree. We're we're talking about that in that, in that sense. Yeah, it's an amazing inspiration to to my life. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like um, I, you know, I never worked for Disney, but I I I uh, like to think of myself kind of working directly for him, because I think he would approve of us uh, trying to move this concept forward. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I did, I worked for the Disney company for a, for a period of time, and uh, it, was a, it was a great experience, a lot of fun, some, you know, just one of those great jobs in life. And, um, you know, I, I look back on it now, and I think to myself, you know, doing, you know, talking about it and kind of promoting the brand to a large degree and doing these po- these podcasts and, you know, talking about the company, really kind of is, this, it's, it's very related. You know, you're still ambassadors for the brand in some way and doing something and, you know, kind of being positive. And it's really kind of a neat experience to be able to, to, to be involved in that way, kind of distantly. There's a lot of companies where you leave and you still have that good feeling about it. That's, that's impressive. No, it really, it's really amazing. And when I run into somebody who was, who's a former cast member, you know, we do the secret cast member handshake, but we all have that sort of camaraderie. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's, great. it's like having been in a fraternity in a way, but it's, but yeah. it's better, you know, in, in some ways it's cause it's, it's a very different experience cause you come from all walks of life and everybody's involved and it's a very inclusive that way where fraternities sometimes aren't, you know, so it's, it's a little bit different. It's like it, but different. I understand that. I'm jealous of you actually. I, I have several friends that have been uh, pilots for monorails and, uh, um, and, uh, I'm just insanely jealous of, uh, of what they do and, and the life they were leading. Uh, you, you know, you mm-hmm. don't make a fortune doing it, but it's a great thing to, to have in your, uh, in your notebook, you know, something no. you've done. Exactly. I, I, you know, I wish that I could have been a pilot for the monorail. It never worked out that way for me, but you know, I still, still treasure the experience as having been something really great. So it's uh, it's really neat. 
Oh, you need to take over my job. I've had a few privileges over the years. <laughs> I can imagine thanks, you have. Thanks to being the president. <laughs> yeah, there's something about that sometimes, right? A few perks yeah. that go along with it. Yeah, I've, I've uh, been fortunate enough to um, pilot the Disneyland monorail, the Disney World monorail, uh, Seattle monorail. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I even did one in Australia once. <laughs> wow. Uh, but uh, I still have the wish to do it uh, for a longer period of time than a couple loops around the track. Yeah, to take it further never would be... Never enough. <laughs> you know, no, that's the thing, and, I, and that's what I, I come to realize, that it would never be enough. You know, I'd do it once, and I'd be like, no, I want to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Let me go again. <laughs> that's very well, cool. Because of a friend in, in Anaheim, I, we went around the track a couple times, and, and I was beginning, getting instructions. I'm not going to mention names. Uh, but on the third time, I said, hey, be quiet. Let's see if I can do this without you telling me the speeds. And, and I managed to do it right. So, Oh, that's cool. That was a real cool uh, accomplishment because that, that track is pretty interesting there. <laughs> Up and down and around. A lot of fun. I can imagine. That's, that's very cool. You know, that would be a, that'd be a lot of fun to be able to do that. Neato. Well, Kim, it's a, it's a pleasure talking to you. This is, this is really fun. I enjoyed talking about the monorail, and I, I thank you for coming on and you know, just kind of making me smile for the day. <laughs> hey, well, you got me all wired up. I don't think I'll sleep tonight now. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I'm, I'm going to go back and watch some videos now or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Come on over to my channel. <laughs> <laughs> Very yeah. cool. And the book oh, is Monorails, Trains of the Future, Now Arriving by Kim Peterson. You can find it on uh, monorails.org, or you can, uh, you can look at I'll, I'll put some links to it in my show notes page so you can get, some, uh, get directly to it if you want to purchase it. But uh, very cool. Thank you. If you have, you just look up Monorail Store. You'll find it there, and there's a couple different options for buying it, uh, Amazon, eBay, or straight from me. Perfect. Thank That's you really so cool. much. Hey, thank you, and I, I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time to be on the show with me today. Excellent. Okay, let's go ride somewhere. All right, let's go ride. And remember, folks, if we can dream it, we can certainly do it. And just one last request before I let you go. If you can, please support this podcast in any way you like. I have three ways of supporting me. Number one is the easiest, and it's free. Just head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you happen to be listening to this podcast and give me a quick review. Tell other people how great you think this podcast is, and it'll help grow the podcast. The second way is to go ahead and purchase one of the apps I have for sale over at DisneyPodcast.net or DisneyWorldPodcast.net. I create apps for iOS devices, so for Apple devices, your iPhones and your iPads, and I've got a couple that are Disney-related that you might enjoy. So take a look at those and see if any one of them might be interesting to you. And the third way is, I've recently set up a Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash DisneyView. And if you like, just make a quick financial contribution. I'm happy to continue doing this regardless, but if you like the show and you'd like to contribute in some way, I'm always happy to take a small contribution. I'm not, there's no requirement, I'm not asking for much, but if you do give me a contribution, I'm happy to give you a shout out on this podcast in the future. Hey, thanks very much, and I hope you enjoy my podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View Podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. 
There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gil. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. 